Good evening. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is uh, Into Action, Step 6, and our speaker for tonight is Yanira. Thank you, Yanira. And um, we have 20 minutes. Thank you. Wow, 20 minutes. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, Yanira, compulsive overeater, and I am thrilled to be speaking to you all today. I'm also really nervous. I don't know if anyone can tell. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just gonna take a couple of deep breaths to kind of get in the zone here. So if anyone would like to join me, that would be lovely. Okay, um, a little bit about me. Um, I came into these rooms in January of this year. And, you know, I don't understand why I'm feeling like I'm going to burst into tears at any moment, but, you know, it's just been such, um, such an interesting and, and overwhelming journey so far. Um, I came in. And my top weight was 317 pounds and six ounces. And I'll never forget that number because I was mortified when I found out. I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be happening. I've also always had the luxury of being a really tall person and hiding it really well. Oh, you're proportionate. Are you this, that, and the other? So rather than me getting lost in the weeds of all the things, let me just start off by saying it's been a really been really um I don't know why I'm so nervous um it's just been it's it's been exactly what I needed when I started talking about my weight as being problematic my therapist suggested to me that I really check out a 12-step program which of course why would I want to do that. That's so weird. Like, no, I don't think that I have a problem. I think that I'm just big. But the more I let that sit, the more I let that soak in, I was like, no, absolutely. She's absolutely right. And I need to go. So I gave it the old college try. And before I knew it, one meeting became six. And then six meetings became eight months and 27 days. I have given 64 pounds away to this program since I've been here and I've not struggled. It's just come right off. Um, I have I have grown to know a love that I didn't before. You know, I think one of the hardest things was just wrapping my head around um, choosing my own conception of what I think God is or what my higher power should be. For a long time, I was just not into being nice 
was not into being caring. I was just really into being an angry and resentful individual because I felt it was my turn to be ugly. It was my turn to be nasty. It was my turn to just be a jerk because I felt like I just, you know, I had done so much in my short life. Um, Jesus, I'm a mess. Um, I'd done so much for others. You know, I think from an early age of just being my parents' partner and being a lifelong caregiver to both my grandmother and my mother that when my mother passed and my grandmother was gone, I was just left in this rage-filled grief hole, right? And in the beginning, I didn't realize just how angry I was. I didn't realize it. I just knew like, oh man, okay, so my parent is gone and this person has gotten out of my way. So now I can live life the way that I want to live it. Like, let's do all of it. Let's blow through all of my inheritance. Check. Let's um, sleep around. Awesome. Let's start, let's do drugs. Let's party. Let's hang out. Let's do all the fun stuff that I wasn't able to do when I was a young person. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine my surprise when now I'm 40 or turning 40 and I'm like, holy shit, something's got to give because it's just, it's not mathing anymore. It's not mathing anymore. And, you know, eight years of grief, you know, a deep depression hole that just, I could not crawl my way out of insomnia. All of it, like I was just not living not living the best life. And I didn't know how to turn that around. I didn't know. I figured, you know, my therapist knew all of the answers. This is what I pay her for. You know, she's going to fix me. It's going to be great. And yeah, that's not the case. And so when I really had to turn the, like, turn the focus inward and really focus on what it was that I was doing to my body, what it was that I was doing to myself, and um, <laughs> I just wasn't living. I just wasn't living. And I, it, you know, I'm very, um, hard-headed. I didn't want to twist my arm into believing that this was the case. I'm just like, nah, it's fine. I can continue smoking cigarettes. It's okay. I can eat the way that I eat and it's no problem. So um, I think the pivotal point for me in this program was when I was working with my first sponsor was just getting through steps four and five, right? Steps four and five, really, really deep diving into the inventories of all of the stuff. Right. And I'm just like, oh, okay, here we go. Ha ha ha. Let me let me really take a deep dive into what's making me really salty. And for a long time, I considered myself a really salty individual. High in sodium, you wouldn't believe it. Like I'm just bad for you, right? Because I'm just so mad, angry, ugh, right? So <laughs> um I had a laundry list of people I was angry at a laundry list of people that I was salty at, resentful at, was just mad. I had been um, a radio person for over, for over 15 years. And then in the blink of an eye, I lost my job. I was really mad about that, really salty about that. I was like, what the, what? What do I do now? Like, oh no, I am a tried and true workaholic. I don't know what else to do besides, um, besides just be me and work. I know one thing in life and that is to work, work myself to the bone. I do not care. I will get up 
out of a comatose state and get my ass to work. That's never been a problem. So now with the biggest thing in my life being gone, I'm like, well, what do I do? Luckily, I found another job at a tech company that we all know and love named after a fruit. And that was really great. I worked there for an entire year as a contractor. And I really thought to myself, like, hey, this is great. Like, I'm not going to have any problems. Like, my problems are solved. I'm getting paid well. And I'm doing the same job that I was doing before. How could this possibly be? How could this possibly go belly up? And you can imagine my surprise when it did. And that sunk me into an even bigger depression than I was already like, well, I can't even wrap my head around it. So um, mad at my job, mad at my boss, mad at my lovers, mad at my mother, mad at my childhood, mad at me the most. You know, I wasn't trying to admit that I was mad at myself, but I was mad at myself, you know, mad at myself for not knowing how to. Sorry, my series going off. Um, I was mad at myself the most for not knowing how to take care of myself. Some of the hard wiring that I received when I was a kid was to be of service to everybody else but myself. Just didn't know how to do it, couldn't do it, could not do it. And, um, you know, I think for me, weight didn't start becoming a problem until I hit puberty. So 12 was a really rough time, a really rough time. And, um, you know, my relationship with my mom was just chaotic, chaotic to say the least. My mom tried her best, you know, and um, being the only child of an immigrant, let alone being a, uh, being a daughter, I was just like, this woman's work has got to go, man. Like, I, I just, I just, I can't, I can't just be this person's insurance policy. But, you know, like my relationship with food got so weird. Like, you don't get tickets today because I don't want you to eat because you're getting fat. You don't get this because you just eat too much. Or, you know, maybe you should take this, these pills. Before I knew it, I'm just like 12 years old, just going through puberty, trying to figure out what time my pill is because why would I eat food? That was just, that made no sense. So cut to, you know, everyone is gone. And now I have the moment, I have a band, the bandwidth to actually just, okay, let me just start taking care of myself in the only way that I know how. So um, I think that was just a really self-destructive way of looking at things. Like I didn't know how to do it. So, you know, just, I thought everything was fine working two jobs and um, just, you know, putting myself in a really restrictive, um, a really restrictive uh, calorie deficient, diet, which worked for me, right? Like I think before I hit 317 pounds, I think my highest weight was 298. And I remember always saying like, oh, well, I'll never hit 300 pounds because I will fix it. When the minute I would see like 296 or 298, I would immediately start getting it together. I don't know what I would do, but it would always bump down back to like 289. And I would be okay with that, you know, cause I carry it well. Um, so for the first time in my adult life, I lost 50 pounds on my own and I was thrilled. Are you kidding me? I was getting all of this fun attention, all of these things. And, you know, it was, it was fun. Can't sit there and say it wasn't. I, I was looking cute, feeling cute. Mm, really fun time. But then also like, it was just, it was just unsustainable. It was just, I was a shadow of a person, like a, like a shell of a person. And I just, none of it was, none of it was good. So cut to 
the beginning of this year. I'm turning a new decade and I'm just like, what? No, something's got to give. I knew that if I continued on the path that I was on, that something would happen to me. I was going to drop dead. Someone was going to find me. One of my roommates was going to find me. And then I, how would I explain that to my family? You know, me as a ghost trying to be like, oh gosh, how do I explain this to everybody that I dropped dead because I just have been living my life in this really destructive way. Um, every single meal. Yeah, it was just bad, bad news bears. Um, so when I found this fellowship, I think the first meeting that I went to, I was like, nah, not for me, but I stuck it out six. After that second meeting, I was just like, well, you know what? I think my therapist is right. I think that I absolutely do need to be here. Um, it's been very difficult for me to actually be okay with letting people in, you know, being okay with accepting outreach and being able to reciprocate that outreach. It's not been the easiest. There are people that I do outreach with, you know, I wish that I had the bandwidth for more and that's something that I pray for, you know. Um, you know, everyone that I have met in this program has been so lovely to me. For the first time in a really long time, I genuinely feel like I am cared for. And what a concept, letting, you know, letting God take care of me, just giving it up and saying, hey, I really need your help. I really need for you to save me. I need you to help me. One of the things that I you was know, terrible at, praying, I thought that it needed to be a really structured thing, like, dear God, insert prayer here. Love, Yanira, amen. I thought that's how it needed to be, and that's not even what he requires of me. Yeah. Um, being able to show up for myself every day has been such a gift. And I don't think that I would have understood how important that was had I not walked into that first meeting, let alone that second, that third, today's meeting. I didn't know, I didn't have the tools and I wasn't taught. So when it comes to step six and having all of these defects being ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Like, whoa, that's heavy. Like, how do you even wrap your head around that, right? We're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Who the hell am I without my defects of character? Who am I if I am not resentful, if I'm not mean? Does that mean I'm less funny? Does that mean I'm less me? Like I really struggled with the idea of not being me after asking God to take away all of it. You know, some of it took a while. Some of it, it doesn't happen overnight is what I've understood, is what I've experienced. It just doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't happen overnight. I have this laundry list of things that I'm salty at, this laundry list of things that I just don't understand. And, that, you know, I'm just going to hold on to because they feel good. 
being salty, being resentful feels good to me. It's all I know. It's all I knew. So asking God, please change me. Take this away from me. I don't need it anymore. I'm okay. I'm okay to not be this way. I'm okay. I'm brave enough for you to show me a new way. I talk about myself in this new way now in where there's recovery me, there's recovered me, and there's non-recovery me. And we both hang out in the car and recovery me is in the driver's seat and unrecovered me is in the passenger seat. Sometimes regular me wants to jump into the front seat. But I'm so glad that I have recovery me to say, nope, I'm in charge right now. You know, sometimes you can take over, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I can keep driving. It's the only way that I know how to describe it. Um, you know, both of us together can walk hand in hand and be okay. It, you know, recovery me is like, oh, how boring. You're so lame. You go to bed on time now. You, who are you? You pack a lunch. You cook? How weird. I think that finding the right balance and being okay with what God is providing for me is what makes it so worth it. You know, because I think for the longest time, I was really angry at my situation, at why I would, why I had to do what it is that I had to do why I had to be a caregiver from a young age, why I had to watch my parents go. I had to watch my mom die. That's not what I wanted for me. Why couldn't I just live a regular American life? This is why my mom came to this country, why she had me here. Why can't I just be a regular American person? <laughs> so, you know, um, the gift that I've received from this program is that Three I don't minutes. have to sit. Thank you. The gift that I've received is that I no longer have to be mad at my childhood, at my upbringing, at my young life. I don't have to be mad about that anymore. I'm able to hold my mother in high esteem. And most importantly, I'm able to just be, which is something I wasn't able to do before. The serenity and the peace that I've gotten from just being in this fellowship. It's so much. But I had to ask, I had to pray to be, to have these defects removed, you know? I had to, because you can't do it by yourself, even though you try. You know, I think we all tried. <laughs> hey, I'm cool. I don't need, no, prayer is cool. I don't need it. Thanks, God, though. Thanks. You know, but um, having to trust that God is taking care of me has really helped me in my short time in this program. Um, I don't see 
myself taking steps back. I only see myself trudging forward with all of you. Again, I feel so loved, so taken care of by so many that I've not even met in person. And I only see us in the Hollywood squares. You know, it's true, I stay quiet in the background, but when it's just such a joy to see everyone's faces and to know that we're all here for the same reason and that we all understand one another. And um, I'm just so grateful for everyone here. And um, yeah, and just, you know, that happy, joyous and free, I never thought that it was a thing. And here I am, you know, like, I'm so thankful for Eileen, you asking me to share tonight and, um, Nancy P, who I don't know if she's in here tonight, but she was the person on the rescue mission who was like, yeah, you're coming with me. And again, I'm beyond grateful. And thank you all so much for letting me share tonight. I'm so sorry that I was a blubbery mess, but thank you all for letting me share. Okay, thank you so much for your very moving and heartfelt sharing, Yanira. Now we'll open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask to you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker has asked, is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, we may begin. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith, um, recovering compulsive reader. I'm going to start crying too, so I'll make it short, I hope. Um, thank you, Yanira. Wow. Um, that was so moving. And, you know, I know some people who, when they say, like, I used to be this way or I used to be that way, I have a dear friend who tells me stories about how she used to be. And it, it used to be so unfathomable to me. I thought she was feeding me a line. But after being in this program, I know it's true. Like, I I see it in you. I don't, I don't know what you were like before. Obviously, I don't, I don't know you, but I know you. And I, uh, gosh, I was crazy too. And I mean, angry, a, a ball of rage. Um, and I'm not that person anymore. It's like, it's a freaking miracle. It's just a miracle. Um, and you said, oh my God, 
am brave enough for you to show me a new way. Jeez. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't be brave enough without you. Um, I'm in step nine right now. And it's almost absurd to me that I'm like, I'm, I'm bearing my soul to these people. And um, it was, it, it was never a possibility. It was not going to be a possibility. I couldn't do it, but I'm doing it. And it's, I can't, I just can't even believe it. And it's changing me. It's changing me. Okay. It wasn't so short, but thank you for letting me share. Um, Lisa, you are next. Hey, <clears throat> Lisa, compulsive reader. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Yanira, that was just beautiful. I did not come here tonight to be moved, and I was moved. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Something in step six, you know. Um, yeah. It was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, just, you know, it is, it is amazing to see someone transformed. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't come here to be transformed. I came here to stop eating, or I came here to for you to show me how to eat properly, you know. Um, and and that was just like a drop in the bucket, you know, compared to compared to what I've gotten. Um, and you know, I can I um, early on in in absence, I can remember calling my sponsor and going like okay, something has happened to me because I am acting differently. I feel different. And she was like, well, it sounds like the promises are coming true for you. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. You know, and, and, and I, anyway, I just, I love how you just shared about your higher power. And um, there was just so much beauty. Um, and, and I, you know, I like to think of those character defects I, I read somewhere, I don't know where it was, I it's not in the big book, but it was something to the effect of, you know, I think God takes those character defects and he tweaks them and he makes them, he, he turns them into assets, you know? So, and I can't really give an example because I probably don't have time, but, you know, I see that with myself, you know, I see where the defect has, has become it's just, it's changed. It's, it's, it's either gone or he's replaced it with just, um, just something really beautiful, you know? Um, and, and like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm outside of myself going like, who is that? And what is she doing? You know, um, sometimes I'll react. I'll, 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 I, um, let's put it this way. I will respond instead of reacting you know, to say my husband, for instance, because uh, he's my biggest button pusher. And, uh, and, and I'll just be like, thank you, God. Thank you. Yeah, because that wasn't me. That's for darn sure. Um, anyway, just such a beautiful share. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lisa. Angela, you're up. Hey everyone, I am Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, 
Uh, Yanira, thank you so much for your share tonight. So, so beautiful. Um, you know, this piece about not knowing, not liking ourselves, not knowing who we were, not knowing who we who we were going to be without all of these defenses, right? Um, so powerful, you know, um, the vulnerability I heard in this share, um, you know, there's healing behind that. I just, I just want to say that, you know, my experience has been, there is healing behind that. Um, I have a question uh, for those who might be newer uh, in tonight's meeting. I'm wondering if you could speak just a little bit more. Uh, you said that you appreciated being able to choose your own conception of your higher power. And I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about that, because that and that is one of the reasons why I stayed here also. You know, I grew up with a very punishing, very judgmental um, God, and um, I needed to rewrite that for myself. So anything you'd like to share with us, I just, um, I think it'll be important for others to hear that also. Thank you again. Yes, I would love to. Um, you know, for me, I think that religion was like thrust upon me in a weird way. Like, hey, you're seven, it's time. You gotta go become a good Catholic and become, uh, we gotta do a Holy Communion, all right? go do it, go do it. Um, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just go, you're gonna go after school, you're gonna learn. One of the things that I remember that stuck clear in my head to this day was just the stages of the cross and watching Jesus get killed, right? And, you know, me being completely ridiculously uncomfortable with this imagery as a six-year-old, seven-year-old person, I'm not understanding why the son of God is being murdered in this way, right? Like, why are you hurting him? And when I would ask questions, like I would never get a straightforward answer. So cut to like, it's time, you know, my mom bought a dress. The nun tells my mom, she's not ready because she doesn't understand it. She doesn't know it. And my mom's like, oh, she sure is. Like, I already paid for a dress. I paid you, let's do this. So it was just kind of like, go forth and be Catholic and you already know it and just say amen and call it a day. So, you know, I just, I never really understood what any of it meant. Um, sorry, my series is going crazy. I never really understood what it meant. And so what I did know is that at a certain point, I felt like God had turned his back on me. Like I wasn't worthy of his love because A, I didn't pay attention in class. B, you know, I was being punished in some weird, in some weird way. Like, you know, you're, you're a bad daughter because you don't want to take care of people. You're a bad daughter because you give your mom a lot of stress. You're a bad daughter, uh, 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 bad kid. Um, so I really wasn't into the idea of, of, of really embracing God and taking him by the hand and letting him show me what it is that I needed to see. I really wasn't into it. So finally, I think I struggled with, please, I don't know you. I, I don't know you. I know ideas of you, but I would very much like to understand who it is that you are. Like if you're just air, then I want to know that you're air. If you're, a, if you're that butterfly floating around me, I want to know that that's you. If you're that breeze that just hit me or that, you know, that, that random sprinkler that's going off, I'd like to know what that means. And so 
really being like, it took this program to be like, okay, whatever it is that you are, I just know that you're with me and I'm, I'm ready to let you show me what I need. And so the open-mindedness and the willingness to just believe in this higher power, whatever that higher power may be for any of us, was what I needed. I just was not open. I was not willing. And, and I just, somebody told me early on to pray for willingness. And that is what I did. I prayed for willingness. And here I am, you know, I still don't, I still don't know all of the things that I need to know about my God, but I know that I am wrapped in his embrace. If, if that helps in any way.